0: Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. Watch and listen to Higher Learning where we dissect the biggest topics in black entertainment, politics, and sports. Twice a week, we react to the most important and timely conversations, often inviting guests to offer unique perspectives. Listen to Higher Learning free only on Spotify. This
1: episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC Pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite because I walk around LA every day. I like the joggers. I'm not jogging. I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little I'm trying to think what if you don't play sports. What would be good about being six foot four? Nothing. Absolutely. You stand nothing. out in any crowd. Yeah. You're like two Which three inches dark. taller.
0: Yeah. All of that is bad. Everything. You make a target of yourself. It's just. It's all bad.
1: <laughs> cars are bad. You have to put cars seat back. are
0: bad. Airplanes are bad.
1: Airplanes are definitely bad.
0: Airplanes are terrible. Um, I, I
1: could bear. I'm. I'm like six one and three fifths. Yeah. I and it's like. Oh, well, yeah. airplanes is
0: not. Well, no, 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 yeah, not at all, depends. not at all, not at all. But in general, I think about six one is ideal.
1: Well, this is people don't know this. Your entire book is about this. It's just no, it's
0: actually. <laughs> <not>. it's, <laughs> so. it's, perfect uh, we yeah. were talking
1: before uh, before we started taping. This is basically you picked eight Atlantic pieces from eight different years. Mm-hmm. So it's the compilation book, but it's not right. because you took a really interesting tack that I wish I had thought of with my Red Sox book from a million years ago of. You actually wrote a new essay about the year that the piece was from. Yeah. If you had told me you were doing this, I'd have been like, oh, that'll be interesting. I don't know if that's gonna work, but I actually <laughs> yeah. thought it worked. It was yeah. cool and it did, it was fascinating how this mirrored the eight Obama years yeah, yeah, in a yeah. lot of ways.
0: Yeah, no, actually it was, I feel like um, there has to be some amount of excitement in creating the thing. Yeah. Um. In order for it to even have a shot at success. That doesn't mean it's going to be successful, but for it to have a shot, you got to at least, you know, like the prerequisites to be excited about it. And when I, the notion of a compilation was not exciting to me. Yeah. Um. I had, it had been asked to me by several people, why don't you put this together in a book? I'd like to see this in a book. But when I went to do it and the notion from Randhouse was like, you'll write a short introduction and conclusion. I just was like... This is boring as hell. Like, it just it felt It's a money boring. grab. <laughs> it, it is. It's a money grab. By the way. No, real talk. That's it's a money a bad, grab. Not a bad thing. Yeah, but at you least call it what it book. is. It's
1: better to have money than not have money. It is better to have yeah. money
0: than to not have money. But that's what it is. And I have never approached writing as a money grab. So True. it felt... Like, that's not actually within the spirit of of, of what I do. But it was. I mean, I had signed a contract, and the contract was larger than anything I ever thought I would ever be capable of getting. Yeah. And notion that you were just going to throw together, like, a bunch of stuff that you had done before, and then take that check and walk away. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, not out of any, you know, great, you know, respect or loyalty to Random House, which is a huge corporation, you know, part of Bertelsman, but to the reader. You know what I mean? Like, they... You are they are owed your excitement.
1: Especially they're if they're paying for it. That's right. I felt the same when I I told you how I did the Red Sox book, which is basically just chapters, but I felt like I gotta have something. And I spent all this time writing footnotes for yeah, the chapters. Yeah. And threw myself into that. I don't know if it worked, but yeah. I felt like at least I didn't people could have just printed out almost everything. Exactly. That was, but see, know.
0: and you never know if it's actually gonna work. But you should feel like excited about trying to make it work. Well, the
1: other good thing is you know, I was look at this stuff like how what's what's this book gonna look like on a sh- on a bookshelf or yeah. whatever forty years from now? Yeah, 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 And it's like I'm glad this book exists because yeah. it's like this was a really f- obviously amazing, fascinating, unforgettable eight years. Yes, indeed. And it's nice to just have that in a book. Yeah, books still yeah. matter. I feel like <laughs> you know, I watch with my with my kids and I get worried if that generation is gonna read books like that. No, because I think have, books.
0: Uh, I actually disagree. What? I think, they, I think they're fine. You think they're fine? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the future how old are you? How is... How old is your kid? Uh, my kid's 17. Um, and was just texting me yesterday about how I need to read Frankenstein. Oh, that's good. Okay, yeah. that gives me hope. Yeah, which I don't know when. It was it Mary Shelley, 17, 18 something, whenever it was published? I mean, this is years ago. And he's like, wow, this, you really would get into this. You should you should read this. I think it's going to be fine. And you know what? Like, I'm always shocked being out here. How much the people out here, at least who are in the, you know, in the business of creating things, how much they actually read and how much they take, you know what I mean, from the ideas of what, you know, is current and out there in the world, you know? Um, I
1: I was driving my daughter home from soccer practice yesterday and she was telling me how they read Animal Farm in class Mm -hmm, She's in seventh grade. Mm -hmm. She's like, did you read that? And I was like, I pretended I didn't remember what happened in it because I wanted to see if she digested it and yeah. she laid it out and i was yeah. like okay i have hope because yeah. two days ago you were watching slime videos on youtube for three hours <laughs> maybe i'm okay yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know I, I do you know it is funny how some of the books that we grew up reading in class are mm-hmm. still the same books yeah no which it's made true. me think i wonder like i'm sure you're seeing in college already your your two books are now drifting into the colleges right
0: yeah it's wild to see because i'm a college dropout Right. So in order to anybody, I would not have read my book if it were assigned to me when I was in college, and so. It's, or you would have skimmed
1: it and pretended you read it. Nah, not I, even just, that?
0: I just, I don't assign shit to me, man. I don't want to <laughs> be assigned. That's I don't don't be telling me what I gotta read. Mm. You know what I mean? That's up for me to figure out. And that was like my mentality in college, which is all about you being assigned shit to read. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't want people telling me. You know, so I would have been like, ah. I don't want any part of it. It sounds this. like you like
1: college about as much as I did. I liked all the stuff that went with college, but there I didn't like go. doing the work. There you go. There yeah. you go.
0: I liked the environment. Um, I generally did not like class. Yeah. <laughs> the whole reason for me being there.
1: You Were know? you like a wait till the last minute to write a paper person?
0: Yeah, or just not write the paper at all. Oh. Just don't do anything. I mean, just... um. And it was really weird because um, I wasn't like the kind of kid that would like binge drink or like I didn't have um things that would have kept me, you know what I mean, uh I guess away. Like I, I just I wasn't that sort of kid. I was social enough. I wasn't anti-social. I went, you know, to parties and everything, but I wasn't the sort of kid that, you know, partied every night and so therefore, you know, did not I wasn't me. I just I was so happy to be out in the world. It sounds I like had, you spent a lot
1: of time in the library.
0: I spent a ton of time I in the library. I saw that CBS
1: morning thing you did that yes, actually did. that was really good. Um yeah, I spent but a ton they were talking the about library. you going through the cards and I would. reading oh, like man, literally it was everything. We were almost like homeschooled.
0: Uh I was homeschooling myself at that point yeah. basically. But it was great. It was like, you know, I could assign myself. I could, you know, all the questions that I had about the world, I was now free to go and pursue them. And that was just if they had given me a place to live and you know just said listen the next four years you just do what you do <sighs> oh my god but that's what i tried to make it into yeah you know as much as possible you know? there was
1: stuff in the book that uh the new book that uh I identified with because i mm-hmm. thought even though we had totally different paths and we read about different things mm-hmm. but like we both hit rock bottom
0: mm-hmm. we hit
1: a point where we we're like wow i love writing i'm guess i'm not gonna get paid to do this what was
0: your rock bottom
1: my rock bottom was mid-90s. Uh-huh. It was like before I started my own uh, my own sports site basically, but uh-huh. I couldn't break into the newspapers. I wanted to have a sports column. I couldn't get one. And I ended up bartending, but I didn't write for a year. The entire basically the entire 1996 I didn't write anything. And I was just a bartender. I was like, I guess this is what I'm going to be.
0: You know, people complain about like the lack of gatekeepers today. Yeah. But they forget like how hard it was to break in.
1: Was way worse in the nineties.
0: Yeah, no, it yeah. was terrible. It was it was absolutely. I mean, I remember it was absolutely terrible, and it was not a meritocratic system in any sense at all. You no, know? you had
1: unions, and you had if some, once somebody got the job, they kept that the was, job, and, and they that sat
0: was it. There, they sat there, boy. We had Oof.
1: we had in Boston. We had two newspapers. We had a weekly, and we had a magazine. Yeah. That so, was it. If you didn't yeah. write for one of those four yeah. things, where was I writing? So the Phoenix. Yeah, the uh, Phoenix Herald Globe, you Boston didn't catch Magazine. One at the Phoenix. I and, did. I yeah, had it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Because it seems like you
1: would. <laughs> I did. I had a sports column there for six months, and my editor changed. New editor comes in. I don't like sports. I'm out. Oh my god. Yeah. It was tough. But that's the thing. It's like I think it's better now. But it's but other things are worse now right I mean you can get discovered right. faster but right. that's also not a good thing and because that's a problem <laughs> think if you got discovered when you're 24 would yeah, you have been no, ready no
0: it'd have been terrible it'd have been terrible you're exactly right yes so it's you know it's you know i actually think it's a little bit from a talent-based perspective meritocratic um i think it's significantly harder to develop skills than it was in the 90s weirdly enough you know um
1: Well, you know, in your book, you were were basically saying... (laughs) I liked how... Because I feel the same way. I think most writers hate everything they wrote up until a certain point. Mm -hmm. And you were... Looking at these first like three pieces, you're like, I didn't really like this. Nah, I screwed this up. Nah. I did this wrong. And then you're like, this one, I actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. this one's all
0: right. I actually okay. like this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm it getting to there. turn around a little but bit. But
1: think about that. You're like 40 at that point or 39 you're or 38, right. whatever. You're
0: right. So those pieces actually start when I'm about 32, 33 years old. Yeah. But I've been writing since I was 21, like professionally since I was 21. So it's about 12 years of journalism. Yep. But for that, that, my God, if I had to look at that, oof. I mean, we actually for a brief moment considered, okay, how far back could we go? Like, what if we went all the way back? Yeah,
1: because you, oh, man. Yeah. yeah, like to when I was, you know. Wouldn't I, it be recognizable?
0: No, I've seen some of that stuff, and it just, um, I, I don't know. It's not that, I don't feel like I'm the same writer. I've seen my college stuff, and it's just like, whoa. Like I told it so it. far away, you know? Obviously,
1: we've had a lot of people at Grantland and at The Ringer that are different age groups, but a lot of young people. Yeah. And I always tell them, you really not going to be the writer that you think you're going to be or that you think you are right now until you're like 37, That's 38. Right. That's right. And like, you know, like Rembert, for example, yeah. the, who I know you know a little bit at, yeah. from Graylin. And when he took off for us, he was like 25. Yeah. And, you know, we would go out and be like, you're not even close to the. You got to yeah, understand, yeah, like you're not yeah. even close to who you're going to be yeah, yet. Yeah, it's true. You're going to be 37 and look back it's and true. be like, oh man, why did I do that? Why yeah. did I do this? Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And I think it's it's hard when you get a lot thrown at you as a writer in your 20s.
0: I would have handled that poorly. I would have too. I would have handled that really, really poorly. I mean, I got a lot thrown at me when Between the World and Me came out and I was 39 going on 40 when that. And that was a serious adjustment. Like, I could not be the same person at all. Um, and I, I couldn't understand it for the first few months. I didn't like understand what was happening or why it was happening. I didn't understand why people were reacting differently. And then once I figured it out, having to actually make the change, I mean, it um you know what it, it gave me immense, immense respect for say somebody like Kevin Garnett, right? Right. You know what I mean? Who comes from a place where you know you don't have much money. Somebody suddenly makes you a multimillionaire, right? You have to perform at this really really high level. People are always always looking at you. People are trying to hustle you, trying to, you know, get things out of you and you have to somehow mind your way and mind your talent and make your way through that and not end up back where you came from, which is a thing that can happen. Yeah. You know, I I totally could see it at that point. I understood so much, you know, just about, uh, I thought a lot about professional athletes and entertainers at at that point.
1: Yeah, musicians, I think, even have it. That's even more dangerous. Like, Kanye now,
0: Man, oh, man. You think
1: Kanye was like sixty years old? I think he's only forty. Yeah, man, he, oh, didn't man. he just turn forty? Yeah,
0: I think he just turned forty. He's
1: had like three lives already. Yeah,
0: I know. And I and I used to be really really hard on Kanye, and I understand what was going on with Kanye, and I get it now, boy. I get it now, you know, um, because if you get that level of fame and relative wealth, and you don't you don't have, I mean, it's gonna be hard anyway. Yeah, but if you don't have a support system. You know, I mean, I look at LeBron. LeBron's miraculous, man. I mean, <laughs> He even, really is. And I don't think people like get it. Yeah. Like, that he actually has handled all this, you know, in the way that he's... It doesn't mean he's perfect, but that he's not completely insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, his biggest scandal was that he just did this live show where he picked another team.
0: Right, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst thing LeBron has ever done. That's the worst thing LeBron has
1: did ever done. did a dumb by special. <laughs>
0: right, right, yeah. right, right. But they don't understand how easy it would be to do... Like so much, you know, worse thing. You know? Well, you
1: So in the book you were writing about when, when things really started to shift for you. Yeah. And how hard that was, which yeah. I obviously identify with for different reasons. But um, I think two things change. One is you're the same, but everybody around you changes. That's exactly it. Which I think is a really hard thing to explain to somebody. Yeah. You're the exact same person yes. you were two weeks before. Yes. And I can imagine like if you're some actor who's never been in anything... <sighs> And all of a sudden, you're in this movie that blows up, Oof. and now everybody's kissing your ass, and right.
0: you're PR right.
1: people, and you're right. getting offered this, that, the other thing. Right? I can imagine. You can see why that goes badly. Yeah. A lot of the time. Oh,
0: totally, totally. I talked to you know um, my wife about this, and uh, you know we always joke like, had this, ha- what happened when you between the world to me happened to me when I was in my twenties. I think I would have 15 kids right now. (laughs) And not 15 kids. Like, I'm out here trying to be that dude. Like, I fall in love, like, really. I would have been like, this girl, this is the one. This is it. (laughs) I want you to have my baby. You know what I mean? Then next year would have been another one. and Then over. (laughs) Like, I would have been, like, out of my head, man. Because I kind of was out of my head at that point. And then you throw money on that and like then you you know you you that kind of access you have and the man it would have and been then if insane. you're
1: an athlete or a musician people telling you how great you are all the time oh
0: my god yes yes yeah, awesome. it would you're the be, best yeah no 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 it would have been I, I I wouldn't have won I mean the cool thing about it happening later was I I think I had a pretty firm idea of who I was yeah you know and then I had to as you said adjust the you know folks around me and the changing but like my wife didn't change. My son didn't change.
1: Your friends that you had forever my, didn't my change. My
0: friends really they didn't really change actually. They yeah. didn't really change. I had, you know, a couple that did, but for the most part, it pretty much, you know, what was the same. And so that allowed for a kind of foundation and a base to not go crazy.
1: The other thing that changes is being the manager of yourself becomes its own time its own job. Oh my god. All the people that reach out, they want to do this, they want to do that, they're <sighs> offering this, how about this idea? You have people in your life you haven't really heard from. Hey man, I was wondering if, oh. yeah. and that that was I I was the most surprised by some of that, and that's at least you know I was looking like Zach Lowe who worked for Grantland mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. could tell at some point like this guy's going to become the best yeah. NBA writer. Yeah, and I remember talking to him about that about. Your life's going to change. It's going to be, you know, enjoy this yeah. because it's going to be really hard to do this every day. Because you're yeah. going to have all these people emailing you, texting yeah. you, "Hey, man, what's up?" You're going to feel like yeah. you have to get back to them, right? They want you to do this, that, the other thing, right. and it's just going to be hard to do your job. Yeah. You got to be ready for that.
0: Yeah, no, and um again, like I guess one of the reasons why it was hard for me to process was I'm going to do this thing at one point. I, you know, we. Had, we moved to New York. We lived in Brooklyn. We lived in this basement apartment. We were, you know, like really, really broke and we dreamed of like buying like a house in this neighborhood. Right? Yeah. <laughs> All these years later, we finally get the money together. After to between the world and me. It's like, my God, we can actually buy a house. We bought a house and like, I remember I was on a plane and I get off the plane. I get a text from my wife and she says, this is really fucked up. And I look and the house is everywhere the interior of the house, their pictures of it, you know, on all kinds of sites. Somebody oh. has gone. Oh, that
1: you bought the house.
0: Oh. Somebody has gone into my, my son's Instagram account and like looked at what he was saying. They had photoshopped me into the house. They talked to the realtor, you know, for the, for the seller of the house. It was all there. And she was just like, that ain't our home anymore. <laughs> like we can't actually live there. That's not, a home for us anymore, and it was like, damn, man, we got to the point where we could do this. Yeah, but we can't do it. Like, we can't. We actually can't go back. Like, we actually like we can't do it. And if we're gonna do it, it's gonna have to be in some way that we, at that point, you know, were clearly not familiar with. Yeah, you know, in terms of how to get it done. And I uh, the hard thing, to process was, I knew like people did stuff like this to, like, say, a uh, George Clooney. And I'm not saying it's okay, but I understood like. Dude, I'm a writer, man. Come on now. I write books. Yeah. I write books. I'm not, you know, out here dating supermodels. I'm not, you know, driving expensive cars. I'm on the train, you know, like anybody else is. What, like, I don't, it was like, I couldn't process it. I couldn't understand why it would happen to a book writer. Yeah. You know? How'd you
1: become a real celebrity?
0: Yeah. What the hell is that? No one cares about this. I mean, I, you know, like when you're writing, the hardest thing you have to prepare yourself for is that people probably won't care. And so you got to care. Like you got to generate that for yourself. It almost has to be a private act. You got to be like, you know, I don't care if five people read this. I'm into it and I want it to exist in the world. And you do that and you conquer that problem and you say, okay, well, if this is my life. it's is my life. And then what do you do when people like really, really start to care? Yeah. You know, and so that, that, that was a, a serious adjustment, you know?
1: But on the bright side, money. Money.
0: Nah, that's it real sucks though. to that have No, butter. no, that, that's a real, yeah. that's a very, very real thing. Like when and, you
1: said in the book how you were in LA and you guys had a steak dinner and you ordered all the courses, like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's, when you go from, you're not sure how, what's, who's. <laughs> We the rent, whatever you're paying, can we get this? Can yeah. we get this this month too? Yeah. And they say, yeah, get the steak at least once.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, we um, are. It does was make like, it
1: all the times you're in front of the computer all <laughs> right? those
0: all those days. Yeah, and that was the first time we had ever looked in our account and ever like gotten a check like that, right? And it's such a funny story. Well,
1: dude. what's what's Jesus. cool about, you know, you, your career took off, but you were also like you were doing that blog in The Atlantic, mm-hmm. which I remember from mm-hmm. way back. Mm-hmm. And you were just all the way in on it.
0: I was. I loved it. And you are writing on
1: the time. You had this line in the book about how you kind of worry about, you know, I agree with you about when you're writing every day like that, it is like boxing. You're like, you're ready. You're ready as far as anybody. That's right. And if you're not doing that every day, your chops can start slipping a little bit. That's true. I I know what happened with me.
0: I know. I'm sure. I'm sure I lost something. I'm sure I lost something by backing away from that. And um it was it was it was it was tough. It was so, tough. the
1: problem is being able to stop and start. If you're writing every That's day, right. you can be like, "It's nine o'clock. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna bang That's out right. some words." That's right. If you don't write for a week, it's That's like, right. "Uh oh."
0: That's right. And I do. You know, I still write pretty regularly, but it's not the same as writing those pieces and being in an interaction. Um, you know, it was it was interesting because we had this me and uh, my editor Chris Jacks, We had this whole conversation about whether to talk about money in the book, like whether to be like. Yeah, you know, and whether to, and how much to actually talk about personal life changes, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but uh, the, the, part of the reason you succeeded was because you stayed genuine, and it would be hard not to discuss some of yeah, that how stuff. You, how do you not? agree? How, you... how
0: do you not like talk about that and say this is like? But you don't want to. I don't know. I think like we feel like there's certain things that are indecent to speak about publicly. I agree. You know, um, but one of the big obstacles for people that want to write is lack of money. You know I mean, that's a huge it especially was, now, yeah, especially now, especially now, you know it was always such a huge barrier of of and, you know, I remember I wanted to get into magazines, and at that time, I don't think now, but all of the magazines I wanted to write for when I was in college and coming out of college, you had to do a free internship, in other words, you you worked and you weren't paid, yeah, you moved to New York and you were not, and who would have the money to move to New York and work for free? You know, but that was a thing that people did. You know what I mean to get in the Condé Nast, New Yorker, Esquire, GQ, places like that. And it was such a barrier. You know what I mean? It was such a barrier. So to go from that, and to go from struggling with it to like, and I, but I'm telling you, like in an instant, for the like flip. Yeah. I mean, you go through some mental gymnastics. Seriously, you really do.
1: Well, I I would say the other weird one is all of a sudden. Obama's reaching out to you, like, hey, you, why don't you come down to the yeah, White House and yeah. we'll have lunch and talk about some of this stuff. Yeah, Because you've been mostly positive about him, but you've been critical about some things. Yeah,
0: and he don't reach out about the positive, yeah. critical things that he well, wants to talk thing. about. He's like, like, hey, dude, so that thing you said. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. ready to... Uh, no, he wants to have a fight about it. He, yeah. wants to, he likes to fight about the stuff. You know, he likes to argue about it, you know, and... um,
1: Well, he he didn't have that many people criticizing him in a genuine way. It was either people who were yeah, all in or people yeah. who were all the way out. There yeah. wasn't anybody in the middle like really...
0: Yeah, no, I think in other areas there were, but I think from... Not, I mean, not in the ones yes, you were talking yes, about. Yes, yes, yeah. From black writers, I mean, it was always kind of muddled. Like, are you doing this because you got something you laundering with him or some sort of thing that happened? Or are you doing this because you actually legitimately have a disagreement? And I think, I think he sensed, even if he thought, my beef was off, that it was a sincerely hell beef.
1: Did like, you ever make him swing around to your side
0: or anything? I don't think so. <laughs> I was going to say, I was you a know, bit the surprised. closest I got was that the conversation we had about reparations. Yeah. Where he admitted that, yes, there, that logically, yes, there is a case here. You, you're not crazy for thinking there's logic. Yeah. And then he went to a, a, a case, you know, um, an anti position that was based on practicality. But was not based on whether, you know, someone was owed or not. Yeah. You know, um, so that was the closest, but I don't think That sounds think so. like that would have
1: been a good podcast.
0: Yeah, I got the tapes. We have <laughs> tapes. Mama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got like four hours of tapes with them.
1: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Now that you look, I mean, I'm trying to come up with stuff to talk about that you don't always talk about because you do the interviews and it seems like they hit the same like six beats with you over and over again.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you're bored of that. Yeah, my publicist is over here shaking his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You talked a little about Obama and the presidency and about how careful he was mm. to talk about race. Mm-hmm. The biggest disappointment I had with him was during, during the Ferguson time.
0: Mm. Mm. I'm
1: not, I'm not saying I'm swinging left, right. And that stuff. Yeah, 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 I, like yeah. I really, I liked Reagan, even though you go back down yeah. some of the stuff Reagan did, but mm-hmm. I still stand by the Reagan
0: pres- mm-hmm. presidency for the most part. God, that dude was the devil when I was a kid. No, I know.
1: I, that's <laughs> what I mean. I didn't know any better. I was 15. Oh, it was God. like, this guy loves America. I'm in like, there was like the Hell Rocky, yeah. Rocky four era. <laughs> Um, but with Obama, I re- I really did think I thought it came from a genuine place, uh-huh. and I thought his family was kind of a family that we needed as a country, yeah, yeah, yeah. which you've written about. It yeah. was it was kind of the Cosby family for our generation. Right, like right, right. I love these guys. I know this right. daughters all that stuff. Right. But Ferguson, I felt like he sat it out, and it really bothered me. And uh-huh. I felt like we really needed him. That those specific three weeks, we needed something from him, and it yeah. was heading near the end of his presidency and he didn't do it. Why do you think he didn't do it?
0: All right, so I'm a de- I'm actually going to defend Obama. Please, let's do it. Um we had Ferguson. Hey, the first thing is um Ferguson was after a series of things had happened. Yeah. And I have a distinct memory of him being asked to, you know, talk, speak to this. And like there were fires in Ferguson at that point. I think like the the, the media was doing split screens. And he had, if this was, I don't know, year six, seven, eight, I don't remember, repeatedly tried to explain after Trayvon Martin, for instance, like when Trayvon Martin happened and then after the verdict had happened, yeah. Skip Gates, he repeatedly tried to explain to the country what the frustrations were from African Americans in a way that would be most palatable to a, you know the broader country that, that had elected him. And he got shit on. Yeah, and then at a certain point, it's like, well, listen, man, I, I've tried to tell you this like seven times. Yeah. Like, how, how, how what is the, I don't have the different, I remember watching him thinking, boy, he looks tired. You know what I mean? And I would be too. Like, I don't, like, like it's like, how many ways can I say, listen, this is a real thing that people are upset about? So that's my first defense. But the second defense is that he actually did do something. And what he did was um he appointed an attorney general in Eric Holder who went down to Ferguson, And A, investigated the actual killing and, you know, figured out that it had not happened as, you know, a lot of protesters did and was brave enough to say that, but did not stop there, actually investigated the police department and revealed that the city of Ferguson was basically running like a kleptocracy and they were using the police department to rob the community. And that Mm -hmm. was the reason why this killing had turned into like this huge thing, because they had this laundry list of abuses, even if that particular killing didn't happen the way. They said it did. Um, there was a laundry list of things that made them so skeptical you know, of any sort of official version of the police. I can't remember a time in my lifetime where the federal government went and investigated a police department in in, in, in that way. I'm not saying they haven't, but that just stood out to me. And it's exactly the sort of thing that would not happen today.
1: What do you think the country needed from him spiritually from a moment like that? I mean, now we're nit- nitpicking because the president we have now is <laughs> right. the opposite. He right. go in and pour gasoline on right, the exactly. fire. Right, right, but, right. But um, I mean, maybe there's nothing he could do. When I interviewed him for GQ, I, uh-huh. I did feel like he felt like he waited a little too long to really? to get involved.
0: I mean, what was he going to do? I don't know. I don't know what he did. Like, I, like some things, like president is not king. He ain't, you know, the pope. You know what? What? The basic problem was, is, and remains, um, you have a critical mass of Americans who seem intent on looking away from certain things. And he can't make people look. If Obama, who tried to explain this in a way much, much more palatable than I would explain it. yeah, You know, in a way calculated, and I'm not... You know, I think this is the job of a president in a way calculated to, you know, get people who are not necessarily on his side, not from, you know, the experience that he's talking about to see it. And folks can't see it. I just I don't I don't know like that that is up to him.
1: Yeah, I might I might it almost like with an athlete, where you think they should add a 40 10 10 yeah, an eight and then right. 32 right. 8 and 8 or something. Right. But, uh,
0: but yeah, yeah, that 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 like uh, a comparison I think is exactly right. I think of it more like quarterbacks in the NFL with the notion that the quarter, like, obviously the quarterback has you know the most power because the ball's in, in his hand, but neglecting to understand that the, the quarterback is working within a broader system, true, you know what I mean. So, and, maybe the
1: answer is nobody could have made that situation feel better. I don't think so because I thought. Out of anyone, it could have been him. But now you see everything that's happened since then. Right, I'm Now I'm talking myself out of this. (laughs) I'm not going to talk myself out of this, though. What's that? Do you think he had a responsibility to worry about who the next generation was that came after him? And do you think he realized that Mm. part of his legacy Mm. was going to be tied to what happened to his party afterwards?
0: Mm, That's a great question.
1: It was almost like if Belichick left the Pats right now, but we had no draft picks left. You know what? No QB, nothing. Right.
0: Um, but to take that further, it would be like if Belichick didn't really like the dirty work of like looking at you know tape over you know you know the next draft class or whatever. I don't think he liked the work of politics. I I think it was like his natural instinct. I think. Is to um, find some sort of consensus. Yeah, um, I don't think he liked um, like being involved with the DNC and doing all the you know the sort of dirty sort of things that you have to do in terms of politics. But I bet if he
1: had to do it over again, I bet he would. I bet I he would have gotten more involved. Think he, about his last year. He looked like a year. man that's
0: happy to be out. You know, I
1: agree with that. But think about his last year. All of it was. Consumed with how am I going to shape my legacy for when I leave? All the media he did, yeah. Basically, all the decisions he made, where I now have to frame: I'm leaving, and here's <sighs> like, how I want people to feel about my presidency. Right. And I think the part he didn't realize was: well, wait a second,
0: what if this maniac becomes president? No one thought that was going yeah, to happen. It. He didn't see it. None of them thought that was not a possibility. It would be Hillary Clinton, or it would be some mainstream Republican. You know uh, the. I did the unthinkable. Could actually happen was not, you know, on on his on his radar at all. You know,
1: yeah. Now I'm depressed.
0: Shouldn't be depressed, man. You know, I told people I was. You know, I did an event here yesterday, and I always tell people it's nothing to be depressed about. Life is always a problem. It's always a problem. It's always filled with challenges. It's always filled with things that, you know, are unre- irre- irre- irreconcilable in the moment. That can't be, you know, resolved in the moment. That's natural for the for the human condition, you know.
1: I think about my kids are twelve and a half and ten, and it is that this is the first year that I really worried about mm. the future for them. I yeah. think that's the biggest thing for me that's yeah. changed this year, other than just waking up in the morning and not knowing what was going to be on my Twitter feed. Yeah, like yeah. oh no,
0: this happened. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It used to be
1: like you'd look at your Twitter feed like, did any sports trades happen today? <laughs> or you know, that was like sure. the most the most dangerous thing that could happen. Yeah. So they got traded.
0: Yeah, no, it feels existential right now. Like it feels like you got a dude who you I mean you doesn't feel like. I mean you got a guy who is very, very little I mean when you're talking about the national intelligence assessment report, you know, it's all this intelligent and folks have to like use pictures and graphics. Because he can't, like, read.
1: Right. Little bullet point memos. Whoa.
0: And see, when I read that, I think, like, people that actually really want to do things to the country also see that the president is not, you know, is not here. Yeah. You know, like, it's scary. It's scary to, you know, know that he's not on it. Um, Yeah, so I I understand. And the
1: staff is a concern, too. The
0: staff is a huge concern.
1: Some some unqualified peoples. Some shall unqua- we say some
0: unqualified peoples? Yeah, yeah.
1: Can we talk about sports? Because you never talk about sports.
0: Yeah, a little bit. You know, it's not my expertise. You know, I, I'm a fan. So yeah, sure. NFL, NBA. Yeah.
1: I want to talk about athletes and yeah, specifically like a sport like the NBA. Right. Where you had, um, in the '70s, everybody was writing the league's too black. Mm-hmm, All the fans are mm-hmm, white. Mm-hmm. This can't work. Right. How do we how do we solve this right. problem? And then the '80s Bird of Magic show up. That's right. Then the '90s it swings back again. Right. And all of a sudden these guys make too much money. Right. So they, they, they don't think they're gangster rappers. How do we how do we relate to these guys? These, yeah. I'm saying these yeah. are all the media narratives. Yeah. Now these guys are gods again. Right. And they are, have the most marketable guys. I would argue they're more popular than pretty much anyone in any other job.
0: Yeah. You know what's interesting, What changed? Like, what do you think happened? I think that... So, I mean, here it is. I'm going to say something hopeful. I have to believe the country changed. Because they're not any less... Like, when I think about that 70s era... Yeah. Like, the league is pretty black right now. like It, oh, yeah. it really is. There's no, you know, it's not like they whitewashed the league, and that's how nah. it was accomplished. There's so, more
1: foreigners. That's about it. But yeah, there's less more white guys. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah, so what changed. Like, you know, LeBron's a you know, pretty, bl- and, and and a lot of them are actually politically aware. Like it's weird. Like they're politically active in a way that like, I think about like in the 90s how scared you know, uh, NBA athletes and athletes in general and how allergic they were, you know, to, to politics. To this point now where these guys, you know what I mean, they're, they are open with it. They'll wear the can't breathe t-shirt. Um, I don't know if the audience got matured or habituated in a way where they decided it was okay. I don't know. And this is actually, I would pose this to you. Does this have anything to do with a stronger union? I mean, what, what is it that, you know what I mean? Uh, Makes it so that you have a population of people who are actually very similar to the population of people in the seventies, but they have much, much more freedom and aren't regarded in the same way.
1: So I think I've thought about this a lot. I think they learned from the previous generation for better or worse. Mm. So this generation learned from kind of the LeBron and those guys and Kobe and uh-huh. all these dudes that had figured out kind of how to handle their business. Right. That generation dreamed of being the next Magic. Right. Magic was like, here's what I, I don't want to just be a basketball player. I want to right. be a businessman. Right. There's a generation that skipped there where you had, in the 90s, those guys came in right out of college. Right. I mean, right, right out of high school or one year out of college. Right. And they didn't have the rookie scale yet. They just got crazy amounts of money. Right. And they know the what to do. Next. It was like, yeah, yeah, I'm 20 years old. I'm yeah. making $20 million a year. Yeah. Right. And that generation kind of lost its way. And the league started to crack down on it. Right. Set these guys up to succeed, not fail.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: that started and now we have this generation that has learned from the lebron generation they're coming into the league i look at a guy like jason tatum on the celtics Mm -hmm. he's 19 spent eight months at duke and the guy carries himself like he's 35 years old Mm. i don't think that was i don't think there were guys like that in the 70s so i think maybe it starts in aau and it just pushes through maybe they learn from stuff maybe the people they idolize are different right you know, the guys in the 90s, their, their idols were Dr. Dre and Eazy-E and yeah, yeah. Biggie and all those guys. Aren't, their right. idols weren't basketball players. Right. The gangster rap era had, had hmm. you know, gone into the league where they, those hmm. were the guys they wanted to be. Hmm. So now I think it's like the guys they want to be are LeBron and Magic and they make all their decisions accordingly. Or I'm overthinking it. I don't know. What do you think? Because like Porzingis I, I, is wired like this too. Yeah. Where he's... Oh, really? He's this guy in the, the uh, seven foot three Lithuanian. Right. I, I think he's Latvian on the Knicks. And uh, he just gets it. Yeah, He says all the right things. Yeah. That, so you, that I, has to be learned behavior from other players.
0: I think you probably, and this is just speculating, probably were on to something with the whole AAU piece, which is that maybe now they're institutions that begin at a very young age, for better or worse. That go all the way up to how to handle your business yeah. Yeah. And then when you're sort 14. Sort professionalize and have because you know um, it's not like you know um, I mean here's the difference between like being an actor right if you once you become a star in the NBA it's not the first time people started looking at you you know what I mean They yeah. say, wow this kid is gonna do X Y like you're used to you know that that kind of attention in a certain way you know
1: well think about like Twitter so when Twitter starts oh nine two thousand ten yeah. All these players have skeletons from those two years where they're right. talking about girls and right. they're ripping players, stuff like right. that. Right. The guys that are coming to the league now have no skeletons. Because they know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like Dennis they Smith know. had one piece
1: about... Yeah. What, was, what was Dennis Smith's tweet? Slinging the wood oh, yeah. when he was a kid? Yeah. He was like 15. He's like, there's yeah. only one thing I like to do and it's slinging that wood. <laughs> 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 and then he gets drafted yeah. And I apologize if I missed that tweet It was something like that And he gets drafted yeah. And everybody throws that back in his face And he's yeah. probably like Oh my god I, yeah. forgot, I was 14 I forgot to yeah, do that yeah, yeah. But yeah. these guys are just so aware Not to make a mistake That yeah. maybe that makes them better I don't do know Do you
0: think these guys should be able To come out of high school at this point? Do you think we should go back to that?
1: It's kind of It's kind of not fair For 18 year old LeBron Not to be able to make money right away he was thirty five when he came out of high school. Like, yeah. how does he not get yeah. paid? Yeah. I, my dream, if I was sports star, my dream would be to have a committee,
0: and they would <laughs> Judge. basically, yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be like five you're people would apply. be like, yeah, you apply and be like,
1: yeah. LeBron, your your application's right. been approved. You right. should be in the league. Right, right, right. I think yeah. we could figure out a way to get the right people in, but I don't know how how democratic that is. So, the question
0: know? I always have is, why is college, which is exploitative as hell, yes. Like better. Like, why is it better to send that person? It's not like college is this benevolent right. place. It's you know well, I mean? really
1: you're, especially you're seeing it this year.
0: Right. Yes, you are.
1: Yeah. Now you have these guys going for eight months. Yeah. How they're not in college. Yeah. That's was, like Durant was at Texas for eight months. He yeah. still wears a Texas Longhorns sweatshirt and cap and right. it's like you they're coming. Eight on months. Now. Come on. He feels like he was there for four years. Right, right, but right. I don't know. They I think for a lot of these guys, they love going. It's the first time they've been out of wherever they grew up right. in a lot of cases, and it's just like this new, they're like, "Oh my God, this is amazing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And they just love it, but the bottom line is eight months is eight months, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. Ben Simmons was at LSU for six months. He was right. out of there in like March, right, right, right. So I don't know, i I would uh the whole college thing's so broken. Mm-hmm. the guys are getting paid anyway. Mm -hmm. i think in a lot of cases Mm -hmm. and it's illegal but Mm -hmm. then when they get caught nobody feels that bad Mm because they were happy people got paid
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: but at the same time it's not a lot of money
0: yeah it's interesting because there's this kind of um moral argument that is increasingly becoming divorced um from the actual rule argument with people you know when you say oh we caught x y and z doing so i just said and it's like come on man yeah (laughs) you who exploit these guys Caught them, you know, trying to find some way to not be exploited. Yeah. You know, um
1: well it's like when they had the Adidas Louisville thing, it as weird as it sounds, there are parallels to that with like some of this Harvey Weinstein stuff where you've mm-hmm. heard the same stories over and over yeah. again, but yeah. nobody actually wrote them. Yeah. And yeah. Louisville was always that's an Adidas school. Right. Kids right. go there, they get Adidas. And they, this was they known. Pay this is known. Oh, yeah, that's the Adidas school that the kids get. This happens and that happens. And you just kind of knew, but nobody ever wrote it. And then all of a sudden people wrote it. Now Rick Petino doesn't have a job. And the same thing with some of the Weinstein stuff out here. You'd be like, yeah, Harvey Weinstein. I've heard this, this, yeah. this, this, but nobody yeah. wrote it. Yeah. You know, and now it's like a snowball going down the hill. I don't know where it ends.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw uh, One and Done a few months ago. yeah. My and friend I, did that Oh my god I, I thought Calipari was just I'm not saying he's a great guy But I i don't know If he's a great guy or not But I thought Oh the Calipari I thought you were talking About
1: yeah. the Ben Simmons one Yeah
0: the Calipari one Yeah the Calipari yeah, okay. one Was it called yeah. one and done Do I have that wrong It was a 13, No you're a right it was yeah. I got mine mixed okay. up yep. He was so straight up about it <laughs> yeah. know, He was just Listen this is what it is yeah. This is what it is And there was a kid I can't remember the kid's name But the kid uh Comes in Plays with Calipari Calipari's like You gotta go to the pros And he's like I don't know Kid goes to the pros And like Within a year or two, he's diagnosed with something that ends his career, but he get he signed that first contract. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he actually you know was able to put himself in a different position than he would have been. And you think about that kid staying in college, right? And getting and how he never like that never would have been a thing that actually happened if he had stayed, you know. And so I always think about that with these guys. I mean, but, you know, how many um? I mean, I was watching this this year with um. My man down to the Texans quarterback, uh, Watson. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Yeah. How many? And I don't know this, but how many kids coming out of high school clearly look like, you know, hey, you might do something, and they blow out into in college. You know what I mean? Or they blow. And I understand there's a body maturity thing that's different. You know what I mean? Than than yeah. say the NBA, but like they never actually get that shot. You know what I mean? I mean Watson. At least you know I'm. You know, it's a horrible injury, horrific thing that happened. Cost himself, you know, uh, undoubtedly, you know, uh, uh, some amount of money. But how often in college do you never, like, it, like you don't even enter into the Deshaun Watson conversation because, you know, freak injury. Yeah, You know, so I just, I worry about that. And they come from, you know, folks come from communities where, I mean, this is like, you know, a, this could be life-changing money. Where you know? do you see
1: football going? Have you followed the CTE wow. concussion stuff? Wow,
0: yeah, yeah. This is bad. Everything's bad. <laughs> Everything's bad, dude. This is—I mean, this is all bad. I mean, um, and I don't think—I mean, I guess many people are real. So when Junior Seau died, I stopped watching. Actually, really, yeah, because that Ju- was it. The Junior Seau thing hit me hard. I, I came back, which I'm about to tell you how I came back. But the Junior Seau piece hit me so hard because I had Junior Seau came into the league when I was in high school. I watched him. Um, he played in such a way, like the, the neighborhoods I, I came from with valorized that kind of toughness and that, you know, um, and that this dude, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't even that he had CT. It wasn't even the way he killed himself. That was depressing enough. But I can remember, and I don't know who this was on ESPN. I think I know, but I don't want to say that name, not out of fear or anything, because I just don't want to be wrong about the memory of it. And the person said, we will never know what caused... Junior say out to do X. Bullshit. Yeah. Come on, man. Don't, don't lie. You know what I mean? Don't lie. We know what this is. You know what I mean? Like if you, I I understand actually the athlete impulse that says, listen, I love this so much that if you told me it was going to take 20 years off my life, if you told me it was going to make the last X, Y, and Z years of my life, you know, not, you know, livable in a quality, I still would do it. There's something to be said for saying that when you're 21. You know what I mean? Or making that decision. But I get it. I get. It. I don't believe a you know long life. Uh, you know, like I believe how you decide to live live your life actually has some value. And so something being that important to you, I get it. But I think like in a fair world, the deal that those folks like we would recognize that, uh, and we would say people that give themselves in that sort of way, the NFL would say people that give themselves in that sort of way deserve to never have to worry about anything for the rest of their lives. So, so he,
1: here's the difference. Between then and now. Back then, I don't think the guys even knew they were in danger. That's right. And they're getting thrown back out. Like That's I read right. this Tony Dorsett story this week where he had this famous 99 yard touchdown run.
0: Yeah, I remember that run. It was the Vikings. Yeah. So yeah.
1: he said in the first half he got knocked out cold and they put him back in and then he had the run. Yeah. And nowadays he'd be out for three weeks. But right. then they would just throw the guy, hey, you ready? Right. You, That's the, right. The oh, he got clear up. yet? He got his
0: bell rung. Yeah. He got his bell rung. That was nowadays
1: insane. we know. Right they're more so my question is if somebody still wants to play football how is that different than somebody who wants to be a boxer or an mma person or it's not a coal miner or any anything that's dangerous it's
0: not it's not but i believe in as i would believe in any other form of work um that employers you know um should provide for the safety of of, of people i agree um and i believe that there are people who are not millionaires but who are billionaires <laughs> You know, making tons of money off of these folks, you know, literally bashing their brains in.
1: See, I'm more worried. I I mean, not that that what you just said was a good thing, but right. I'm more worried about youth football.
0: Yeah, but because that's Because now here they, are kids that yeah. have no idea. Right.
1: And all the studies are saying it's so much worse to have a concussion yeah. when you're like, before you but turn 15. Are pulling them,
0: right? Like, pop one is already, you know, declining in terms of.
1: It is and it isn't. It is it's, and it isn't, huh? yeah. In in certain states, you could guess the states. That's what's going to happen. Texas, Florida ain't going to change. California might
0: not change. The South probably will not change. Parts of California, no. It's still going to be the same. And they'll be like, no,
1: we made it safer. It's true. But the bottom line is if you have two nine-year-olds colliding at full speed head (laughs) to head, it's probably not great. But I think about it. My daughter plays soccer five times a week and does headers. And everyone, you know, it's like, is that good? Is there a header that seems like it's fine? And then two weeks later, she sees a dark patch out of her red eye? You know, my what son played are football safe? when he was a kid.
0: Yeah? When he was really young, actually. He played from the time he was six until he was nine. This was just as, say, like the Andre Waters stuff was coming out. Yeah. And so I didn't really understand at that point. Um and I had played, you know, at a relatively like at a, you know, like I played when I was like 9 and 10. Yeah. So it just, you know, he wanted to play football, okay? You know, it's great, you know, we'll go I love football, we'll go do this together. Um and I think about it now, man. He actually wanted to play in high school. <laughs> he wanted us. I, I said, "Come on, you can't. Like you got to think." Right. You got to think. I actually would not have banned him. If he had really 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 wanted to play, I would have said, "Okay, you know, um but we would have had a serious serious Conversation about, I get it, man. Because listen, as somebody whose kid played, it's a beautiful thing, not just with your kid, but with the other families that are there. You know, you're kind of united in a certain way. And I think, in a bigger sense, football functions like that, you know, in general for the country. I mean, the years I didn't watch, I just felt like there was like a social fabric that I had had with, say, a guy who I had never met. From any background in America. You understand? Yeah. Like any any background. And you could talk sports. You could talk football. I didn't come back. So I went away. I lived abroad for a year. And I came back here. And I was on tour. And I was living out of like hotels. And the only thing that was familiar to me, which I had done since I was five years old, was I could cut on a football game. Yeah, And that was what brought me back. That was actually it. It was like home. It was familiarity. It was... You know, um, something to talk about with people who I had nothing else in common with. And so, what scares me now is like, I'm getting this feeling day after day where I just feel when I don't watch, I didn't miss anything. And yeah, that
1: is, I felt that I watched everything this weekend on uh-huh, Sunday, uh-huh, whole day. All uh-huh, I did was watch football. And uh-huh. at the end of it, I was like, I could have missed all of it. Wow. We would really? have been fine. Now, what's that about for you? Well, there's, there's, there's just not that many can't-miss guys in the league yeah. anymore.
0: And this Kaepernick thing is just killing it for me. It's like, Well, that,
1: I mean, this is – and I was one of the last holdouts because yeah. I was like, no, I get it. People don't like when the backup quarterback causes yeah. a big commotion. Yeah. And then guys started getting hurt, and they still weren't even <laughs> bringing him in. I was like, wow, he's getting blackballed.
0: So what was Everybody the point was where right. you thought, oh, wow, no, this is like this clear, – there's clearly something going on.
1: It was in August when it seemed like uh, – I think it was Baltimore was going to sign him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And they kind of needed him. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen Joe Flacco lately. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but it made sense, and you know I think that the type of franchise that he would have succeeded as a backup with mm-hmm. all the commotion he was going to bring mm-hmm. was a, just a franchise that had their shit together, which right. Baltimore I think does. Right. And you just, you're going to get hit for two weeks. He's gonna getting a lot of media requests and then it's going to go away. Yeah, it's going to go away. right? And most franchises just aren't stable enough to even deal with that. But yeah. some are and Baltimore and Seattle were the two that it seemed like it made sense.
0: Yeah.
1: And neither of them wanted them. Yeah. And then you hear these, you know, he, it's not like he was that good. I mean, he right. was, Somewhere between a below-average starter and a way above-average backup. Right, right, right. But then you watch these dudes down. It's like,
0: oh my yeah. god,
1: how is he not?
0: So the person you just there. mentioned, the first, like a person that's in that category, that person should be working in the NFL. Like, yeah, that person always worked. Hundred like, percent. That person worked, and so it's just, well, like, especially like you see Houston, they're running
1: Deshaun oh, come Watson, on, come basically on, basically the same offense Kaepernick's good come at. Come on,
0: and then you see Gus Savage, and it's like I can't yeah, uh, in good conscience watch yeah, this. I mean, like, come on. Like, I can't actually. I actually think. He's got, he, he legit got back blackball. But you know what? I think he won. I think people are underestimating how much he actually won. I mean, think about it. This. this is a guy who doesn't say anything at this point. He doesn't talk.
1: He doesn't. He, nobody knows how to reach him.
0: Nobody knows how to reach him. He's not on Remper the field. Remember, the a whole
1: feature about him because <laughs> you yeah. got in touch with him. Right. Exactly. He had to, like, write about the people around him.
0: Exactly. He's not on the field. He's not doing anything. But his shadow is everywhere. Yeah. Like he's haunting the league. Yeah, I mean, he just by not even, you know what I mean.
1: Oh, and they hate him too. You're talking about 31 rich old white owners and Shad Khan, the Jacksonville guy, and these guys are like, this guy's hurt our business. I hate but
0: him. But how? He's not even in your business now. Like, what is he? Like, what is he doing to you right now? Do you they know what?
1: They blame I, him is he's like Patient X for all the stuff it's that so happened.
0: So crazy. I mean, do you know what Colin Kaepernick is doing right now? And you actually can know this if you go to his website. He's going to cities and giving away money. Right. That's what he's doing. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, outside, you know, stadiums. You know what I mean? Like, leading the picket line. He's not holding, you know, press conferences. Like, this dude is not doing anything. And do you yet think he's hated. It's wild.
1: Do you think he 100% even wanted to come back? Or do you think he likes the life he has now? As I think as he uh,
0: did. I have no reason to... to believe that he didn't come back and i I, what i do think and i don't know if he reasoned this out was that if he did not come back he could or if he did not get the like that he was going to win either way yeah either he was going to get the opportunity to play or the fact that he did not get the opportunity to play was going to be huge and was going this is going to be remembered man i mean this is tommy lee this is um not too. Tom, I'm Tom, saying,
1: Tom, John saying, Carlos, yes, and thank uh, you. Tommy Smith.
0: Tommy Smith. I mean, yeah. this is you know. I think this is Ali in Vietnam. People are gonna look back on this and be like, those guys were completely out their mind. You know, well, the you NFL know, owners are going to be the villains. This is you know oh, how the yeah. story is going to be told.
1: Oh, they're already villains, right? You know, one of the things I like about it is that he sat the first week. Mm-hmm. And he might have even sat the second week. But it didn't start as like, I'm getting attention for right, this. Right, right. He
0: wasn't like, hey, 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 I'm protesting. He was
1: just like, I'm going to sit over here. And yeah, then somebody noticed, like, why'd you do that? And right. then he explained it.
0: Right. And then it blew up. Right. I, I don't
1: well, know. Well, there's a
0: crucial step in that, Bill. When somebody said, they said, that that's disrespectful. And right. he went and talked to like a vet and said, here's a way you can protest and be respectful. Right. And then he started. Right, man, right, right. That was the yeah. nail. You know what yeah. I mean? And then that somehow has become the ultimate disrespect. You know what I mean? Swag. The flag
1: is—it's one of those things, man. Mm-hmm. It's a touchstone. Yeah. Some no, people are just—I see. I—I I was wired like this to some degree. Like when I go to a sporting event, and you sing the, the anthem in yeah. the fan stand. Yeah. yeah. If somebody doesn't take their hat off, I actually—I want to punch them. Like I don't. Wow, but that much? You want to? No, punch? just like what the hell, dude? Take yeah. your hat off. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. Show yeah. like respect. They're yeah. Playing the anthem. Yeah. So
0: I get Wait a minute, it. Wait, hold on. What does that mean to you, though?
1: I don't know. It just is something you do. It's a it's a sign of some respect. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It did make me question, like, why did I think that? Why can't right. every person make their own decision right. on, on how they... The Kaepernick, I took all this stuff for granted with mm-hmm. the way we treat patriotism and mm-hmm. sports, mm-hmm. that the Kaepernick mm-hmm. flipped on me. The huh. Kaepernick thing flipped on me. You yeah.
0: Know? yeah. It's weird, you know, because I was raised in a household where we didn't stand. Even uh, for,
1: like, sporting events and that stuff?
0: Uh I have memories of going to see the Orioles play and not standing. Boy, that was really weird. Um, and actually I probably would stand a day. Um and I think if I were this is gonna sound weird. I think well at this point I might would have. But I think if I were in the NFL, I probably would not have been the kind of guy that would have nailed. Um maybe at this point I would have though. You know, after it became this thing. Um But
1: the problem is when you talk about this thing. And this is what bothered me about how this unfolded this year is that then when Trump said this stuff about see, the owners, got a and I then got it's a like nail. now the owners are on the sidelines. So yeah, it's like yeah, what is yeah. this becoming? This yeah. isn't and when what you talk Kaepernick about was inmates, doing. You know, and yeah. like
0: you talk about folks about inmates, See, Now I got a kneel. Now this has become a thing. You know, when Jerry Jones is threatening people, telling people they can't. You know, they're dumb. A bet and see now I got a nail. At that point, or, I or feel go like one that step further than me, kneeling, or go one step further, which is really the issue. Um, that is the thing because at some point, I feel like. And I want to be careful about this because I think folks are in particular positions, and I don't, you know, want to, you know, be dispensing life advice for people, you know, in their situations, you know, who gotta deal with their families. But at some point, somebody is going to, have to say, "Listen, I ain't playing, man. I ain't playing." And I guess in some profound way, Cap did that. Do you, like I think he had to be aware of what, like, I mean, enough people probably told him, "Listen, this is going to be the consequences. Like, you need to understand what you're risking here, and what you are probably risking is the ability to play again." You know? Yeah,
1: there was. I think he was resigned at some point this season or preseason that I'm not getting signed. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you know, if you look at when Ali, when they wouldn't let him fight for all those years, right. Ali was giving speeches in college campuses and trying to arrange fights. And right. all he was doing was trying to get his title back right. and fight for his name and all right. that. And he was obsessed with it. Right. And Kaepernick seems a little more beaten. Yeah. Which is sad.
0: Or maybe or he, maybe he's he just, won. Like maybe or, he's, or maybe, maybe he's he, celebrating. Yeah, maybe I I won. I won. You know, either you're gonna let me play and I'm gonna get to pursue the thing that you know I've been doing since I was a child. You know, or you're going to be haunted by the fact that you didn't do it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm sort of shocked that they like to me. Like the long play is actually to sign him. Oh my, like, that's that's the smart. I was thing. saying
1: this. I wrote after week four. I was like. Everyone's saying Kaepernick's a distraction. All right, yeah. you're the Cincinnati Bengals. You're 0-2 or 0-3. <laughs> this is a great distraction. Right, exactly, now, now nobody's exactly. going to be questioning whether you should exactly. lose your job as the coach. Exactly. They're just going to ask Kyle Kaepernick questions right. for three weeks. I thought he would have been an unbelievable distraction. Yeah. Arizona you should have signed up. Yeah, you, you need it. Distract.
0: Please, <laughs> yeah. distract me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> your fans Keep me are from miserable. having to talk about my actual record. You oh know what I mean? Yeah. What,
1: what was the most surprising athlete that I ever reached out to you about a piece or your book or anything?
0: Uh, I'm hesitant to put anybody on blast. On blast? I'm, well, not on blast. I just I people reach out to you privately, and I don't know that they okay. want me to say you know who it is. But I. I have, you've been surprised a few I times. Have, I have. I have. been surprised a few times. Yeah, and it's it's good. I mean, again, I came from a generation, and you know, I relate this, you know, to you know this one guy who I I, I talked to quite a bit, um, who's a lot younger than me, and I tell him, listen, man, I was like, I came up in the '90s where athletes did not engaged this at all it was the opposite it was a complete opposite you know and so to see folks actually care to see hey i read your book i did x y and z i mean this is not private but to see like you know somebody like gabrielle union you know talking about like dwayne wade in between the world and I me mean, like that was like huge i mean that 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 meant something yeah you know um i can mention that because it's not like you know somebody reached out to yeah, you privately that's about it you know that was something i saw
1: One thing that I'm fascinated by with you is that it seems like you go on music binges as you're writing yeah, something. I do. Oof, with different yeah. things. Like you had like a Marvin Gaye binge. As... Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's still going on.
1: So that's what you do. You do you fixate on one something and you're all in on that, and that frames how you write it. And you like, what, what's the reasoning behind that?
0: Whenever I'm working on a piece, I usually actually I pull together like a play, playlist, and I think about like I think a lot about like when I'm writing. I. I the, the reporting and the facts are always there, but I, I really want an emotional response. And I think about and music is the thing I come back to over and over again that gives me an emotional, you know, sort of response. And um Marvin Kaye, who I've, you know, loved since I was a kid, you know, and my mom playing what's going on, you know. Um I think about like his ability to use his voice on so many levels and you know, elicit emotion. You know, like from that, you know, just his straight, you know, sort of normal voice to that kind of falsetto thing he would do, um, just a virtuoso. And when I'm writing, like I I try to bring as many tools as I possibly can. Okay. So now I'm in the first person. Now I'm doing, you know, just sort of straight reportage, maybe maybe here's some history for you. You know, I I try to do that same sort of thing. Mm. Um, and so
1: what's the weirdest musical binge you were on as you were writing something?
0: uh probably during the arts i got really into like uh boy nobody would expect this i got really into like alternative like i became a huge like yeah 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 fan <laughs> Huge! They're having a concert tonight, a and band, I'm upset. Though. I'm not. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look great. Carano, they're performing in Brooklyn. At that, yeah, at, 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 what you call it? That spot I was at tonight, like right now. And it's I'm kind like, of the great lost go. band
1: of that whole era.
0: Yeah, no, I love them. I love them. You know, so I got, I, you know, I still could binge on. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, so I love them.
1: You know, did you see the Defiant Ones I on not. HBO? No,
0: no, 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 I didn't.
1: I would urge you to watch that one. Really? Okay. Yeah, All right, I got to. Just okay. not knowing you that well, but knowing okay. what seems to resonate with mm-hmm. you. Um, it's really good because it's. I've watched it. I don't know how many times. I mean, obviously, I've been. I've done a lot of documentaries and mm-hmm. kind of. I like the art. I like seeing how mm-hmm. different people mm-hmm. approach it. And this one, they were just they told Alan, he was like, "Take as long as you want. Here's uh-huh. a lot of money." Uh huh. You know, and he had this unbelievable library. But it's basically about Dre and Jimmy Ivey Yeah, yeah, yeah. And kind of how they ended up together. And uh, it's it's. Basically, both of them hit rock bottom, like what we were talking about, Mm. and come out of it. Which I didn't. I didn't really realize Dre had a rock bottom. I always thought his what was his his career arc was a little easier. Was it when he had
0: to split from Shook?
1: No, when he when he did uh, the Chronic, nobody wanted to buy it. Ah. He did the whole thing himself, and he went to every studio. Okay. And could not because he's
0: out of NWA and he's not having. Yeah, and it was kind of like an
1: Ice Cube. It ascended him a little bit. Yeah, and. Nobody wanted to make the album and then he played it for Jimmy and Jimmy heard it and he was like, right. wow, the producing is amazing. He just right. loved the way it was produced right. and that's how they ended up together. But no, um,
0: the hard thing for me with Dre, who I, you know, I think is a genius and I think like we're facing this with all these, a lot of people that we admire these days, it's like, um, I, like I knew about that attack on D. bonds I mean, that was sort of known. Yeah. You know, they cover that in the
1: documentary. I was actually oh, surprised. Oh, they oh, do. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes me oh, want to watch it, it, it now. Yo, they did. Oh, okay. I was right. surprised. Now I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I know a
0: lot of times people don't like they just sort of airbrush. They it. went in on that one. Okay, it was right, not airbrushed. I'm definitely watching it.
1: I've I'll, I'll be interested to see what you think.
0: Okay. All right. No, I'm definitely watching it. Spike did one on Jim Brown years ago, and I watched mm. it expecting him to airbrush Jim Brown. He did not. You know, he went in on Jim Brown and his thing, you know, like the woman he threw. You know, off, off, was it like it off, off of, a balcony or yeah, something? Yeah, it, it, was, it was horrible. Yeah, it was bad. It was yeah. bad. And he didn't let that sit. You know, he didn't. He went at it.
1: What'd you think of the OJ documentary?
0: Incredible. I mean, I know Ezra and um, Ezra <laughs> was trying to get, when I heard, like he was he's like, listen, he tried. So I, he wanted me to be in it. And I was like, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to, I don't feel like this is my expertise, I'm not, I can't really talk about this. And then when he got it done, he said, listen, you really, you got to see it, you got, you have to see this. And I said, eh, okay, all right, you know, um, and he sent, he might have sent me the whole thing, but for, one, for some reason, I only had one episode, and I w- went right through the first episode, and I was like, I don't have the rest of this, <laughs> Like, I want to see all of it right now. Like, I mean, it was... Dude, that that documentary is, in, is incredible.
1: It's incredible.
0: I mean, it's like... Like, it's one of those things where somebody is working in a form and they defy the form. Like, they do something... It feels like it's beyond what it actually is. You know? Um, it has no right to be as long as it is and to hold your attention the way it is. Yeah. Like, it just... It shouldn't be possible to do that. And he did it. I think about, like... Um, Like there's a scene uh, where OJ is in a a buffalo and he falls down and he gets back up and keeps going. And Ezra like got the music right, like when OJ would run, like he got like the actual beauty of him running and somehow did not slight any, you know what I mean? Any other aspect. I mean to say, and I think this is the conclusion of the documentary, to say, yes, he probably did it and yes, the jury got it right. Like, you know, like like, the case was bad, you know what I mean? And that's America. That happens in America. You, You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. This guy did do it. We got a lot of evidence that he actually did. You know what I mean? And this guy was a horrible person, but this was a bad case. And the people that you asked to judge this case had no reason at all to trust the people bringing the case. I thought it was tremendous, man.
1: Man, if you like moments from documentaries, The Defiant Ones... The first time they show Tupac, wow! it's slow motion. He's uh-huh. come around the corner and they're playing so many tears. Wow. And it's just like 45 seconds, but it's wow. quiet first. And I'm wow. telling you, you got to see this Okay, one. I got to see it. Yeah, bro. you got to bang it, it right, out. It's right, too long. You. Um, okay. It gets a little infomercially at times, yeah. but it has some of the best segments. So did you feel the OJ
0: doc. one was too long?
1: <sighs> I'm friends with Ezra, so however okay. I answer this, he's going to interpret it and... I'm I'm gonna be in trouble for like six months. Okay. Um I I always feel like documentaries can be tighter. That's my answer. Wow. Yeah.
0: See, I when they told me how long it like, was it six hours? Is it is No, it, it was hours?
1: like it was like seven and a half.
0: Okay. When they I was like, that's ridiculous. But when I watched it, it was I didn't, there was no moment where I was like, I thought I, I was I didn't have it. I didn't have a lapse. I didn't have a uh moment, you true. know.
1: I wouldn't I wouldn't change anything about that doc. Yeah. But I was like for, to answer that question I'm always going to feel like all right if we went back into the edit room for another 3 months could we make this a tiny wow. bit better like I don't know I think you could say that about any documentary Whoosh. there's always something always something to take out there's a, it's a lot like mm. documentaries are like writing I think that's yeah, why I like no, them so much like where you that. be yeah, like yeah. sometimes you have a 5000 word piece yeah. but it's not the right length yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah.
0: ah what if I take out this 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 Yeah 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 no I hear you And then he got like the thing for me was when he went to re-interview the cops. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, I see why these people didn't convict. You guys are horrid, Like you're horrible now. Like right now in 2015, 2016, you're horrible. Yeah, like you're just as horrible as you were then. Like, whoa.
1: Yeah, it was it was a confluence of events.
0: My God. And confluence I was like, Do you, you realize you're people? on camera? Yeah. Like, do you realize like you're talking right now? Like what you're saying? What
1: you know? do you think? What are you writing about these next eight years? thought about it
0: Uh, yeah i thought i think a lot about it i think um and i've said this before um i watched um
1: you think you could do more features potentially would you do more profiles or you're now you have your lane you're
0: no no i don't have my definitely don't have my lane um i think like i think a lot about fictional storytelling because um i watched um Mm. this really beautiful incredible incredible one of the best films i've ever seen um film yesterday by Ava Duvernay, Middle of Nowhere, about a woman whose man is locked up and the attempt to keep the relationship together. And wow. it made it said so many of the things that I think I try to say in my more, you know, aggressive declarative work and said them very, very quietly. Which you can do in fiction. You know, yeah. you can do I mean I, I you know, I'm writing comic books now and it's a similar thing where you can you know, the political statements can be underneath of the story. And I'm I'm Weirdly enough more of a story guy than a you know an, an, an idea guy. Um, I'm forced to be that way because I write for the Atlantic so I have to you know I'm forced to be the way where I put the idea on top but I'm attracted and maybe this doesn't have to be fictional but I don't you know what in a weird way like I'm tired of fighting with people. like I feel like I know I'm kind of sick of hearing myself cite the same stats. About the same thing, cite the same history.
1: Like when John Kelly had the slavery thing, you're like, all
0: right, I'll I put on the boxing that. gloves. Yeah, okay. No, no, And it, it was all like, right. I'll make it. You really feel I'll, like, I'll rip it really was against some tomato can, right? Yeah. Like it was like, fight this dude. <laughs> you know, see, it's dangerous when you're no longer challenging yourself. Yes. It's dangerous when you're putting, you know what I mean? Like you really are setting yourself up. And I feel like I am entering the, like I'm getting close. I don't know if I'm there yet, but I'm getting close. I was caught. Wasn't caught, this the plot of Rocky III?
1: Maybe you need a clubber Lang. Maybe, Maybe you need a younger a you. Lang. Yeah, you need yeah, somebody a, in the way up. A clubber up. Lang. Oh, yeah. who's that guy?
0: Yeah, but it's more like I, I feel like to do that as a writer, like you need to go do something True. different. Like you actually, you know, I talked to my and this is scary, man. I talked to my wife yesterday after I watched Middle of Nowhere, and I said, you know what? I realized that like in the kind of journalism I'm doing, boy, this is I can't believe I'm publicly say this. I'm just not as scared as I used to be. Yeah. I used to be scared of the work. I used to be scared of, like, when I had to do the case for our race, I was scared. Can I, put, can I put this together? Can I actually, I got this picture in my head for why, how this should look. And I'm scared. Like, I'm challenged. And I don't, I, I got to tell you, I don't feel challenged in the same way.
1: Because you know you could do it. You just got to roll your sleeves up and do that's it. That's
0: right. That's right. That's right.
1: John Kelly, more of a challenge.
0: Oh, no, wait. no, no. <laughs> I could have done that. I did that at like 4 a.m. in my underwear. Yeah, like I really, you should look at like the timestamp on Twitter. It was hey, ding, like five a.m. Oh, Jack Kelly. All right, yeah, it was All like right, okay, let's go. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. But it's like I shouldn't. I, I got. I got to get out of this because it won't end well for me.
1: I forgot to ask you about uh one pop culture thing about because I saw in something you had. You talked about Rocky mm-hmm. and how that movie wasn't for you, and that was yeah. like I really like Spike Lee's basketball book that he wrote like 20 years ago. Okay. It's called Best Seat in the House. Okay. He wrote it with Ralph Wiley. Uh-huh goes in a whole bunch of different directions it's got some flaws but he has this takedown of hoosiers which was my favorite movie at the time wow. that ruined the movie for me
0: wow really? i still love it i watch it every year i saw but he hoosiers made me think like, like 10 i haven't rewatched this since
1: yeah, well he's basically like hoosiers bunch of uh <laughs> yeah. bunch of white kids <laughs> All right. and they play the much superior black athletic team at the end is but that then, what happens but is then the hoosiers? team that they have the stupid coach and they screw up and the white team wins at the end he's like fuck that movie and i was like oh Oh, like yeah, I rock, don't have a movie. response, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the same thing with Rocky, like yeah, Rocky. Yeah. Oh, he's going to be the black champ, and then yeah, yeah, now yeah, here yeah, comes yeah, yeah, Lane. Now he's a but right, 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 right. But it did seem like that was a sports movie trope for a while. Then
0: now it's flipped. The first one's thankfully. a great movie.
1: Rocky one. Oh, Rocky! Won. It's Is one it? of the all timers. Oh my
0: god! It's a. Just a gorgeous. It's
1: a little slow now, though. Is the only thing I was say. See, I
0: like the slowness.
1: It's it's slow. Yeah, if yeah, you yeah. like the slowness, you, right, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky's like Rocky. you, Rocky man. But it's like
0: I'm not watching a fight film. Like if this True. guy just happens to be a fighter, but I'm actually watching a character study of this guy. Yeah, that that's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I I. But it's know, a classic. After I saw Creed, I was like, oh. I mean, Creed was just just blew me the hell away. I mean, I just I it would not have occurred to me that that would work. And uh,
1: you know what's funny? Creed has become. I I saw Michael B. Jordan recently. When we were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Creed has become the Rocky for like the under thirty generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like their sports movie. Right, right. It's right, like the right, first right. one that right. was made for
0: them. Right, but you so if you're black, it's your Rocky too. Like, yeah, yeah. Basically, Rocky, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Creed is your Rocky. You know, but I thought like he was gonna go with the sort of stereotypical trolls. I thought he's gonna get a kid. This kid's in the ghetto. He's fighting his way. But it was more interesting to say, no, you actually. What are you fighting for, man? Right. Like What are you really? You're not one of these guys who has to do it. So what? Well, you know what else happened? They 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 got like one of the best
1: under forty filmmakers on the planet. Oh no, he's yeah, and he actually ridiculous. crafted a movie. He did. And it was a movie that also happened to be about sports. Right. It wasn't a sports movie. No, that's that's a why point. it was special. And that's why that's he's not point. hes not directing the second one.
0: No, he's not. Yeah, I've heard.
1: Sly I've Stallone heard. supposedly is doing it, but it just makes me nervous because the reason Creed was incredible was yeah. how it was directed and
0: acted. It makes me way nervous. Yeah. I think
1: we're out of sports movie ideas for the most part until they remake Fast Break which was the most politically incorrect sports movie Is there a, a great time. one
0: like before like in that in that same time period of Creed is there a great one that I need to see?
1: No mm-hmm. No because now, now what's happened to some degree I think is documentaries have taken the corner Right And some things are just better as documentaries Right, right But right. they're That's still they one. make boxing movies every year They make yeah, they for, Every actor wants to be in a boxing movie yeah. So they always have those But like when was the last great basketball movie?
0: How can there be all of this tension with colleges that and college sports and then not be like great movies about that every year? It just seems so ripe but You for know what's story funny? Telling. Like
1: Blue Chips and The Program, right. which were not good movies. People right. love those movies. Right. The Program, which was a college football uh-huh. movie, James Con, uh-huh. right. The quarterback in the movie is like 38 right. in real life. Right. Like and Nobody even looks like a football player, right. and that's on cable all the time. Yeah. But you're right. Like Varsity Blues is another one. Yeah. These, High school, college things that's sitting there for somebody yeah. and nobody can put it together. Yeah, I was wondering, like, my favorite show growing up, out of like th- my favorite show still is The White Shadow, mm-hmm. which only lasted three seasons. The third season was terrible. So, really, it only had, mm-hmm. I don't know, 30 episodes. Mm-hmm. But I always thought that idea could work. Friday Night Lights, Yeah, the guy, the coach in the high school, like yeah. trying to make people, that idea should just exist every year.
0: Yeah, no, it should. It, should. it just seems like it's a natural place for drama. Like, why is there not a, 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 a wire, for instance, about, like, college football right now? It seems like there should be. Why is there not a wire? Why is there not a wire? That's the better question.
1: It's been 10 years. It has been 10 years. My friend Jonathan Abrams, who worked with me at Grantland, mm-hmm. Um, is doing the wire oral history that I think has a chance wow. to be special wow. but you were a Baltimore guy you don't really I, I didn't
0: really did you write about the wire? I never not too much but I, I googled it wire. I looked for uh, I wrote a few things for the Atlantic but by, also by the time I started writing for the Atlantic they probably of done. four they probably were at season four um, that was the
1: best season that was okay, my so favorite I'm about season to, I'm
0: about to cause a fight for everybody well, let's have a fight this.
1: right now we can end it on this season two is the best season of the wire
0: oh no But none oh my god it's not even a debate
1: now I feel it's like
0: indisputably. Now I
1: feel like Coates with John <laughs> Kelly walking in the ring.
0: <laughs> season two is so not the best season <laughs> it the, best season, of the Wire. Let me season four g- is the best season of TV ever. Season four is not even season four. The second best season four. It probably is the second best season. It goes two, four, one, three, five.
1: See, everybody's down on five, and five has now become underrated because everybody gets mad maybe, about the newspaper. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, season yeah. finale, the series finale of the Wire. Mm-hmm. I will stand by and ride to death.
0: The problem with five for me, and I, I like, let's be stipulated we're talking about the wire. Yeah. So, anybody that starts with the problem with, and you're talking yeah, about the it's wire. It's a Mount Rushmore like, show. Right. Let's it's just on the Mount Rushmore I just felt like they, like, I don't know what new was said at that point. Like, I felt like they knew, and you watch McNulty tumble back. But okay, I already know who McNulty is. Right. I don't need to see him go back. I know. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Like, I, I, I know. You know what I mean? See, so that it
1: could have ended it for. Yeah, and then done like a movie for- Because like before a,
0: he comes back, right? Yeah. That shit, I didn't think that was going to end well. I didn't think, I don't, like my mind, McNulty does not come back and they ride off into the sunset. McNulty, I know who McNulty is. He wasn't going to be the mayor
1: of Baltimore. No, that
0: wasn't going to happen <laughs> at all. That wasn't going to happen. Maybe you're right. Maybe I got to, let me say, let, let me make the case for two right off tonight. Please, it's an It's an unwinnable case, but I want to hear it. That's what you think. That's what everyone thinks, but everyone is wrong. Here's why. This is what people forget. Season one, you get- drugs in Baltimore and you get it's not stereotypical, but the image of these black drug dealers is well within the the imagination. It's done really, really well. That's not a shot at it. Yeah. It's done really, really, really well. Season two, he's like, oh, you thought this was some black shit? Fair. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. I mean I'm going it this just way. quietly, it just flips. This is no 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 this is this is Baltimore, man. And as a person that grew up in Baltimore I knew they were poor white people in Baltimore. I knew they were working class white people who had these problems. You didn't, you know, see them in the same way, but to say no, no, this ain't just black folks. This is the system at large, and it's eating at everything. Yeah, I just thought that, like, I mean, what's the last time you saw like white drug dealers, white urban <laughs> drug dealers? When is that? Is there a character <laughs> like Ziggy on? Like, I've never seen nah. that. I've never seen anything like you, that.
1: It needed season two. The series as a whole desperately needed season two to exist. It was
0: a tremendous act of courage. So I just feel like from an ambition perspective, like to say, like, what was selling that like? Like, come on, you started with these cast of characters and now yeah. you're saying you're going to completely flip it and put them on the back burner and you're going to have white drug dealers? Yeah.
1: And and shipping.
0: And shipping. <laughs> right, and shipping. That's what this is going to be docks. about. Right, and docks. And the intricacies of the yeah, shipping Yeah, can I imagine business. the notes
1: from HBO for that one?
0: Oh, hey, uh, yeah. cares charismatic black characters, can we bring those back? The only thing I think is that they were making so, like the ratings were so low, that like, that gave them the shield to say, right, okay, they go it. just let for, it happen. Go ahead, do whatever you want. It's not like we're banking on you anyway.
1: Were you uh, were you an Avon guy or a Marlo guy?
0: Oh, Avon by far. Okay. I'm sorry about Marlo. I, I couldn't, I feel like they didn't... Um, Maybe this was an intentional creative choice. I, I didn't get enough from uh, Marlowe to get into him like I wanted to. I think it
1: was an intentional choice. Uh,
0: yeah, 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 right.
1: Now I'm getting excited to just rewatch the entire thing. I still stand yeah. by this series finale, though. I'm telling you.
0: I don't even remember it at this point. It's,
1: it's, that's the thing. Nobody, everyone's just I like, yeah, hey, season it. five, and they throw it off because of the reporter, Scott Templeton, he's like, God, staging the was, whatever. Oh, get him out of here. Yeah. Man that was tough maybe that we can do it didn't he? he made that
0: uh he yeah. made spotlight he's a real
1: dude yeah, yeah he made
0: spotlight yeah. which is a great film oh yeah oh my god that's a great film so I don't want to disrespect him in any sort of way I mean that, that's a real I have hopes for uh,
1: people are talking to me in this Washington Post film about uh, Watergate
0: oh this they is the thing that's happening all the
1: president's men spotlight now this, the Spielberg did it Tom Hanks it's like basically about wow. what the Washington Post was like during Watergate when's it coming out December
0: okay Spotlight's I like the incredible. the journalism
1: movies are always like if they do them right those yeah, yeah, yeah. are always no, like phenomenal.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I still stand by Shattered Glass, you know, it's a lot. Well, I guess that's that's a magazine, but that's a
1: It's so funny. I just watched that movie 3 weeks ago. Yeah. It's like phenomenal. I really totally good. forgot.
0: It's really good. It's really good. It, it like, really puts you on edge the whole time. Yeah, yeah, no. They, Christian's uh, good. Yeah, he is. And it's like the weird thing about Shattered Glass is you almost don't want him to get caught. Like you're like like you like they put yeah. you in you know his scene. It's like oh my god, he's gonna get caught. It's
1: like Heat, where you start rooting for De Niro. Right, 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 <laughs> right exactly. In the movie, you root for the bank Yeah, yeah. Shatter can never happen now because we have Google. People Google in three minutes. And no, like wait no, a second.
0: Yeah, no. Wait, couldn't. what's this company? It no, that's mid '90s, man. It's a different thing. All that's right,
1: nehisi coats. This is fun. Thanks this for is different me, than most things you do, right? You said what? This different interview than most? I mean, it's
0: you, man. So, of course, All right, cool. I knew that. I just I wanted to make sure. Be. No, no, I knew it was You know, you're be. in the circuit. Yeah, Greg over here didn't need he? my public. He didn't even have to sell me on this, man. <laughs> he just said Bill Simmons. <laughs> we didn't get to okay, talk yes. about
1: 80s Nike posters. Maybe next time. Next time. Next time. You said your favorite was Iceman, Iceman with the Ice Keys. Ice Man. I got to find that
0: one. That Iceman one is the, is the one. It's man. a good one. Yeah.
1: It's the hardest one to find. Is it really? Yeah.
0: So people, it's known to be a good oh, yeah. one. People love it.
1: I remember that. not have an autographed one in my house.
0: Wow. Yeah. Gervin. The Iceman.
1: Yeah. One of my favorites.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Good luck with the book. All Thank right. you.
0: Thanks, man. Thank you.